All right, people, if you have listened to this podcast before, you know Art of the Trek is a great place to plan your backpacking trips. Our friends over at Art of the Trek are working hard to research and add things like campsites, trailheads, and scenic locations to their public map. The good news is that you can now add your own points of interest to the map and help your fellow adventurers plan their trips. That's pretty cool. If you have something like a favorite campsite, trailhead, or a scenic location that you'd like to share with others, please head over to artofthetrek.com, turn on some points of interest from the overlays menu, and select the orange plus sign at the bottom of your screen to help your fellow hikers plan the best trips possible. If you contribute at least a dozen or so of these, Art of the Trek is going to send you a free swag bag. That's pretty sweet. Welcome yes. to another um, a, a topic-specific backcountry BS. This is kind of the second topic-specific one that we've done. Well, we're doing these more now, uh, and I'm going to be quite frank. The, the whole genesis of this video was I was scouring YouTube for a hot tent tips video, and it didn't exist. So I'm like, well, let's just get some hot tent experts on the podcast yeah. and talk to them live. Um, so we'll get there real quick. You want to, you want to remind them? Yeah, <laughs> folks, please <laughs> go to the iTunes please, store. Please rate us on iTunes. And rate, and, and, and rate Devin's podcast too on the <laughs> iTunes store. We'll, yeah. we'll give him a plug too. Come on. Oh, and by the way, uh, let's pause for 10 seconds. Everybody go over to the backcountry BSing channel. There's a link. There is a link yeah. down in the description. Um, there's only going to be a few more podcasts on this channel. We almost have the whole backlog up on the new channel, and then we'll be over there. We'll probably do one or two more on this, and then we will exit the Shill Brothers page, and we'll yeah. be on our own. Yeah. So Leave the nest. So go over there right now. Pull up a separate window. Andy's going to make you. I'm going to make you. watch you. Yeah. Um, all right. We got that out of the way. We've got two uh, two repeat offenders here on the podcast. Two experts. Two experts. Subject so, matter experts. Honestly, um, when it comes to hot tents, there's literally, other, other than like the Lux channel, which is just Devin doing stuff, <laughs> yeah. there's only really two YouTubers who I go to for hot tent and stuff. Um, so we've got Justin from It's Good in the Woods, and we've got Devin yeah. from Backcountry Exposure. Let's bring their pretty faces up on the screen. Ah, uh, welcome, we yes. gentlemen. We got the double box going. Yeah. Um, first off, uh, thank you both for taking the time to do this. Yes. And um, I, I, I really do think this standalone podcast will serve as like a good hot tent resource for people. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Um, so also, you know, we say this every time uh, we have a bunch of questions, we're going to yeah. get into stuff, but if you have questions for either of them or questions uh, specific to hot tents, just drop them in the chat or anything, any question, I guess it doesn't have to be about hot tents for them. Yeah. And I think before we, uh, before we kick this off, we should probably describe what, what is a hot tent? Who, who wants to field that one? Yeah. yeah. Devin, you want to take that one? <laughs> yeah, I could take that. Um, so, I mean, a hot tent is kind of like a made-up term. Yeah. If you if you really consider it. All it is is, and, and it's not like this new <laughs> fancy thing by any means, because people have been using canvas tents with wood stoves as like for outfitters yeah. and stuff all the time, like hunting and, and whatnot. So... Yeah, it's basically a tent, and you put a wood stove inside of it, and that's it. And it doesn't matter what, like, the fabric is. It yeah. doesn't matter what the stove is. It could be cast iron, like a big pot belly stove. It could be titanium stove. Like, you're putting 
heat into the inside of a tent. Could it be like a like a propane Mr. Buddy heater? Is that would that be considered hot tenting if you had like one of those propane ones? <laughs> uh, pro- probably not. But... <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I only ask because I've seen a lot of people do that. Okay, that's fair. So th- a lot of people do it, and I think they would probably consider it hot tenting. Oh, I've never actually but, seen people do that. I was I was just uh, before I this. I was I was this, like yeah. I was watching all these ice fishing channels, and they all set up these like cool like ice fishing tents and they all have those Mr. Buddy propane heaters and they get those things up to like 60, 70 degrees and they're just sitting there in chairs ice fishing all day. Well, that's a, is that a hot tent? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. So I guess before we get into the real questions, uh, I want to go, I want to ask both of you separately. Um, we'll flip back over to Justin here. So talk to us about how and why you got into hot tenting initially. Just a different form of comfort you know i've been a cold camper most of my life and it was just another added layer of adventure just to do different stuff um, push some boundaries and my what really got me interested was i wanted a base camp mm-hmm. i wanted a place where i can go in the white mountains i could set up a tent and i could stay there for a couple of days and go hike some trails and come back to a tent that's nice and warm cook food now when the tent's not warm you got to make it warm obviously you don't let it run all day long while you're gone but the idea was to come back and have a shelter that I could heat up and yeah. be comfortable in and get ready for another day of awesome adventure in the mountains. That's what I wanted it for. And that's what got me interested in it. When did you first get one? Um, my first hot tent I made out of a tarp. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to make one and see if it's something that I was actually going to carry through with before I started spending a lot of money on it. Because hot tenting is not cheap. It is not. No. Um, even if you go the cheap route, you're still dropping hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So, yeah, I mean, I even made my own stove. Like, that's how I got into hot tenting. I made my own stove. I made my own tent. And <laughs> I know, I right? Doing <laughs> hot tenting stuff. <laughs> Huge pussies. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's sweet. All right, Devin. Why did you and how did you get into hot tenting? <laughs> Uh, and did you make your own hot tent? Because yeah, apparently we're doing Devin, that. Now. Devin, how did you make your stove? <laughs> <laughs> Do you, we, we talked about this earlier. You see my background versus all the tools. <laughs> I know. It's right? <laughs> pretty funny, actually. <laughs> I'm the amateur over here. No, it happened by accident, honestly. I, but I've, for so long, and I think that a lot of people are the same way that when you go backpacking, it's only summer or like late spring into early fall. And I wanted to expand my options of just spending more time out in the backcountry. And nobody likes to be cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's hard when you spend those long nights in the cold in, in your sleeping bag and you're like, what do I do? It's only five o'clock. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, managing a wood stove and cooking on it inside of your tent it just provided like a new new opportunity to spend a different type of experience in the backcountry so that was like my big motivation behind it so i know devin i know you do some hunting justin do you ever do any are you a hunter at all um I am, but only on my own property. Yeah. Have you, have either of you used? Because like when when I first saw hot tending was a thing, it was like it was a hunting thing. Yeah. 
have it's either, hardcore in the hunting. Yeah, yeah. have either of you used it for those purposes? Andy and I haven't. I haven't yet, but do I you, have plans. Do you too. plan on it? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because when I, that sounds like a a very ideal for that sort of stuff and yeah. fishing yeah. too. I know we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. I've done one night in a hot tent. That's not, true. Not That's quite. True. I've, I've, done, <laughs> I've done two nights in a hot tent. So I guess I will say, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We have like actual questions first because I'm, I'm curious to debrief on like our experience doing it because yeah. it was different than I thought it would be. But when, when I first heard that, yeah, it was like this is huge in the hunting world. And actually, it almost seems like um, hot tents are like marketed towards hunting. Like they're kind of marketed towards backpacking. But I, I think like especially, I don't know, Lux and Seek Outside um, which are definitely seem to be the biggest ones. They seem to market their products like almost specifically for hunting. And I, I never, I was like, Oh, that's actually a yeah. pretty good idea. Well, you have, you have to consider like what the, what the season is when you're out hunting, it's cold. It's usually like pretty wet. And if you're really going to go try to find an animal, you're not just like, I'm going to park my truck on the side of the road and yeah. hope something shows up. Right, like right. <laughs> you're hiking in, and you're spending several days out there. So the the reason that the hot tent is so valuable for a hunter is you have the extra space for all of that gear. Because like you might be on an archery hunt and you've got to find a place to put your bow and like all those necessary things that you carry with you plus like a kill kit and a large pack. And so you're not always going to have beautiful weather too. So the wood stove just is prime for keeping your clothing dry, yeah. staying warm and just having a more comfortable experience when you're out there for such a long period of time. Absolutely. And th I mean, most people that are hunting like that too, I mean, they're like you said, you, it's, you don't just get out of your truck and walk 100 yards into the woods and sit. I mean, these guys are packing for days sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Walking into mountains, not on trails, bushwhacking, like, for days. I mean, these guys are hardcore. That sounds like something I'd want to do. So we yeah. need to we need to draw we need to draw some elk tags yeah. in Utah. <laughs> I was like, I was like that sounds like it. And fishing too. That's yeah. on my bucket list. Yeah. Yeah, Devin, you've done that, haven't you? That I've gone out and, and hunted like that. Yeah, haven't you done elk not, stuff? I thought you had. Um, not not out of a hot tent, just like right, right, right. But just in day, general, day yeah. hunt kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I was um like so we went out like uh, I don't know three weeks ago for his first time, and mm -hmm. we we were kind of talking about myths. It was different. It it was it was obviously it was a lot of work, but it wasn't. I mean, with two people. So the other thing is you guys, I mean, I'm Devin, you go with people. I mean, you guys both go with people. And I guess both of you do share hot tents with people. But the first thing is having two people makes it so much easier. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> this is on my questions list. Okay. All right. <laughs> Ask the fine men. Yeah. Okay. So, let you know, you, you've, you packed your, you, your backpacking, your, you know, you got everything packed up. How much time are you giving yourself? like to set this thing up like ideally how early are you getting to camp to get all set up with your hot tent solo who who do you want to ask first oh we'll go to we'll go to just pick go for that it, way they both they both yeah. aren't talking about it at the same time Got it. <laughs> um for me i i don't necessarily think about time so much as location because your location can save you a lot of time 
Um, you know, if, if you're hiking along and you're backpacking and you've got your hot tent and all your gear, and then all of a sudden you pop out in this spot and there's a whole bunch of available standing deadwood, a nice mm-hmm. little spot to put your tent. Um, you know, maybe it's a good idea to not keep pressing on and take that spot and utilize all that available resource, which is going to save you a bunch of time, which is going to make your trip quite a bit more relaxing. Um, that's one of the things I look for is available resources. You know, I don't want to pitch a tent and then start walking around for a mile looking for for wood. I didn't um, think about it like that. That's not necessarily like that an issue oh, when yeah. you're really in the woods because standing dead wood is readily available. Yeah. It's not like a campground or anything of the sort, you know, where people, I mean, some people carry their wood in. Totally. Like, that, that to me is odd, but I get it in the situation of the campground, you know, everything's yeah. scoured. Yeah. But yeah. ideally, I mean, I'd like at least an hour, hour and a half to collect wood. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. It really does take a lot of time. But that's one of the beautiful things about it, because backpacking, like Devin mentioned earlier, you know, if you're just backpacking and cold camping, usually I'm going until almost dark because I don't want to be sitting there for yeah. a couple hours with nothing to do, freezing my ass off. Yeah. Just thinking about how awesome the view was, you know, yeah. that I saw for the day. So having the, the option to collect wood and have a hot tent and set up a stove and all that stuff is really a benefit in that situation. For yeah, sure. It's a. Um, uh... Bryce? You don't want to be caught in the dark hot tenting. Yeah, that's a great I mean, point. I can definitely say that. That would suck. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. Um, has that ever happened to either of you? No. No, not yet. That would suck. Um, all right, Devin, how much time are you allotting yourself to get everything ready? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty similar to Justin in that in that sense. <laughs> I don't spend time like, oh, I need to be in, in camp by this certain period of time like i've i've taken off on one of my trips that i did early on i think it was actually the second or third time that i had been out with the tent i didn't leave my house till almost 10 o'clock at night Um. yeah then i drove up and i set up the uh stove and everything and fortunately it was a place that i had been to previously so i knew that there was wood that we had already processed it was ready to go so that like was super helpful um but yeah i i don't think it's as much work as it maybe like gets played out to be honestly i i, I would know. agree i got but one like, night it, i don't know guys but I, it, but I use it as like it's the mindset of that it's just a different purpose of being out there yeah. so like i always think of it as it's part of the project it's part of what you're doing and i never hike more than two or three miles in to where, wherever I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, that was, I was, and, gonna... and most of the stuff that I've done has been solo. Like I carry the stove, the tent, everything. everything. Yeah. <clears throat> it, yeah. uh, first off, obviously makes a huge difference. If you can split it between two, between two people, but I didn't think about, yeah. um, I didn't think about like some things that were like when we got into, when we, we went hot tending a few times, some things that like stood out as, I was like, wow, I didn't think about that. One thing you guys hit on is wood availability yes. can make a huge difference. And also, like, these stoves, they're not the biggest stoves in the world. So, like, you have to spend a decent amount of time processing wood down to, like, the perfect size to utilize. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And we However, have- like, those stoves, even, and I mean, I think there's such a horrible 
people often talk about the burn times of these stoves really sucking, especially the titanium ones, the smaller titanium ones, and how inefficient they are. You hear that a lot. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're definitely pretty inefficient in comparison to other stoves, but they're super efficient compared to a campfire. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yes. You're burning so much less wood. Yes, so there's definitely. a lot of time saved right there. A lot. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, Because like when we laid out... When we laid out all the wood and we ended up actually having a little bit too much wood and like we basically had wood for like 3 p.m. until 10 a.m. the next day. And if yeah. you look at all that wood, it's far less than you would use having like a big campfire Substantial at wood. night. But yeah. it's just like you just got to get it down to size, which can be annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just uh, but yeah, I don't know. We I break that into sections. If you get enough to start getting going, instead of doing it all at once, if you break it into like thirds, it's not quite so yeah. bad. And you get your stuff going, split it all up, get it processed to the size you need it, and start doing other stuff. And then an hour or so later, you know, start processing a little bit more. That's one of the reasons why I like to run floorless, because I don't want to collect all that junk inside my tent. Yeah. That's usually where I'm processing. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of the way I break up the monotony of processing all that wood. I split it up into thirds or quarters or separated out into different chores that helps a lot so you get the stove going and just get the burning going and then you just start processing the word like you'll do you'll process some wood then process some more and like kind of break it up like that way is that how you do it yep like i'll have all the wood collected that i need and then i'll process some i'll get the stove going and then i'll start laying out my sleep system and i'll have a beer i'll process some more wood (laughs) you know and start working on my food and start processing some more wood you know, instead of doing it all at once. Yeah, uh, we definitely did it all at once. Yes, <laughs> that your way sounds better, Devin. What what's your <laughs> what's your wood processing protocol? Um, well, I I, I put out a video, <laughs> like I don't know, it's been a few months now that since I have been out for different reasons, but the having the right tools. Four. You do not want to know how many times. You do not want to know how many times I watched that video. Sorry to stop you, Devin, because you're. That's when you're going through your hot tent setup with the Octopeak. I've watched the video probably like 15 times. (laughs) All right. Sorry. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, like you would think. Oh, all I need is all I need is a an axe or only a saw or like a little tiny like silky saw, and that's going to be enough. Like when you're processing wood for a full night or just a weekend of time out with the wood stove, you need a lot of wood. And so breaking it up into like different sections is important because that's going to help you stay warm. Every time you get out of the tent, you're doing then manual labor. That's just going to help you stay warm that way. But yeah, those tools, they make a big difference in being able to process enough wood at a time because I'm not, I, I, I imagine we'll talk about this later, but I don't run the stove all night unless yeah. I happen to, unless yeah. I happen to wake up and I want some, like the fire going, but I always process way, way, way more wood than I think I would ever need. Same. And, and that was, that was a, yeah, that was one of our scripted questions. Um, but it, it, I am curious on like, um, I, I didn't know what to expect when we went. Like we, we ran the stove for the most part all night, but 
it, it's it's, impo- a it's impossible for it to not die out, <laughs> assuming you go to sleep for at least a few hours. Yeah, like yeah, I totally. thought that's stove dependent. But yeah, for the stoves that we have, all of us. That's right. We all have the same stove. <laughs> no, right. no, we don't. But we have titanium stoves. That's true. Right? Um, <laughs> I thought, I thought if you got like a good, good, and I don't think we had a, a good enough bed of coals to be honest. But I thought if you got a really, really good bed of coals and you put a big, thick one in there, it would go on. Like it would go for like six or seven hours. Yeah, no chance. Have you, have you guys found that to be ever true? I have. We did not. Mm-hmm. So if you get the right one, well, I mean, you know, if you get like a winter well stainless steel stove, your chances of going all night are much much yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. our sto- in our stoves, they're not efficient. Like they're sucking air. They're not airtight. They're just going to burn everything up. Um, that being said, this winter, for the first time ever, I did wake up to some coals in my stove. Oh, no. but I, but I was I, up very late carving wood for one of my projects yeah. and drinking and having a great time <laughs> ended up going to sleep. And the next morning when I dumped out the coals, there was still some coals, just like a little flicker of light, not like a bed of coals, yeah. you know, but there was still signs of life. And I've never seen that before, not out of my stove. So I was, I was pretty impressed about that. But that, yeah, that's good. the day that I was testing out my glass door. Oh, I, want, the, I wanted to get the stove ripping to oh, test that, that glass that. door, so I stayed up and just fed it, and okay. fed it, and fed it, and fed it. Yeah, but uh, that's the only time it's ever happened. I'm I'm with Devin. I let it go out. I'm fully prepared with the right gear for the conditions, and my stove goes out at night. Yeah. So, Devin, I do want you to answer. Like, do you routinely? Are you routinely having a good bed of coals in the morning? Uh. I, I, it just depends what, what I have access to. He's cold at night. Yeah, he's cold at night. There, that's the dirty hot tent secret. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just depends what, what wood you have access to because I've done trips in the desert where like juniper trees are the only thing available and juniper is like very similar to cedar. So it just burns really quick yeah. and super hot. But there's no way you're going to like, it's not a hard wood. So you're not going to have the option for coals when I'm up in the, in the, the mountains and I've got pine or aspen or other uh, trees available that are a little bit harder and pine's not a hard wood either. But I mean, I mean, Utah, there's not hardwood trees <laughs> like yeah. you have out. Yeah. You know, I don't have oak trees and stuff uh, readily available or anything. But what I was going to say uh, is that. A, a big trick that I learned from the owner of Lux in spending some time with him out in Washington is cutting t- your your logs to length, but not splitting them and mm. finding wet pieces. Anything that like has been sitting in the ground for a long time might be a little dirty that has like some kind of moisture content and then really sliding that damper all the way shut okay. so that it can just sit there and like really take a and, and it's not feeding a lot of oxygen that helps like smolder it create like a way longer burn yeah oh, we didn't do that no not at no. all no we split we split stuff but that makes total sense yeah um so but but both of you does it sounds like both of you have every intention of the stove dying overnight so like i, I do that was something that was new i mean i knew i, I figured so the first night 
first night not with him basically i was with my dad and we just we just were both awake offset and took turns feeding it but even then it's still like it's not it's not like you just, like we did, we weren't just able to just wake up throw some wood in there and go back to sleep it didn't work like that and then with you we it died at like 1 a.m. yeah and we just were away. We got up and we crushed a bag of Doritos and got that thing <laughs> rip roaring. <laughs> but it's a, I will say it was nice. Um, one thing about hot tank that I really liked, and I don't know if you guys do this is we built it back up in the morning and it was so nice having a warm area to make coffee and like just hang out. Cause normally in the winter, winter backpacking in the mornings sucks you're freezing cold crawling out of a tent making coffee or whatever and huddled and it was so nice and it was super easy to build it back up right i mean i don't like it went right back up yeah yeah you can do it from your sleeping bag i know like literally we did we just laid there and just like threw stuff in there yeah and the morning experience was very nice i I thought that's my favorite part about it yeah that's my greatest convenience for me personally is the morning waking up in the morning getting that stove going not freezing your ass off doing everything else that you need to do in the morning. Yeah. It's really yeah, nice but, to have a nice warm laying, area and a cup of coffee. Yeah. And laying there on your side, like with your head poking out of your little like uh, air hole of your sleeping bag, watching the, the fire through the, through yeah. the glass. Yeah. Like, oh, that, so awesome. that is so something relaxing. both of yep. you guys talked about before we got the Lux, um, you know, the three W stove, both of you guys talked about it in videos about how much you guys liked having the glass window there. That is huge. Yeah, it's like, cool. so awesome. Not only is it is it actually a really nice light source to fall asleep to, like it's cozy, but you can you can have a pretty good idea of the status of the fire by like I couldn't imagine not having that glass window there. Yeah. You know? Well it would just be it'd be difficult to just constantly monitor it. I, don't know, I really it was, yeah. it was really cozy. I don't know. You guys were talking about it like in your videos, and I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." And then when I was out there, I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" It's like how to find a place. The, the visual stimulation is high. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, uh, let's. Uh, we were talking about this before we kicked off, and I. Uh, I think it's an interesting topic. So, um, you know, we're still obviously very new to hot tenting, and we carried a carbon monoxide detector. Yeah, we, and, we want and to talk about this. I see like everybody in their videos have them going. Is well, I gotta first, be, first off, do either of you carry a carbon monoxide detector? I used to, but I don't anymore. Okay. Devin? Same. Okay. All right. So we're ditching ours. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing more terrifying than the concept of dying in your sleep yes <laughs> the idea of it is very nerve-wracking it's very nerve-wracking <laughs> I, is, is it one of these I, I gotta be careful here because i mean everybody like does you know everybody has their own level of comfort and safety that they want to achieve and that's totally cool and see you know carbon monoxide detectors don't weigh much and super easy to carry around whatever but is it is it kind of a little overhyped the dangers or is are they you know real? I mean, there's Time people dying this. from carbon yeah. monoxide poisoning. Yeah, it happens. There's a lot of documented cases of it, so it's definitely real. Yeah. Um, the parameters of what make that happen, I think, are pretty <laughs> skewed. Maybe not quite under really fully understood in, inside the community. 
that being said, I'm not a professional. This is why I don't really do how-to videos and all that stuff because I'm not a qualified professional and I don't feel like my opinion matters so much. Oh, it matters. Yeah, yeah. It but, matters. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a real thing. Um, that being said, I personally have never come across a situation where it, ha it has been caused from a wood stove. Wood stove being the key term. Yeah. Like very important to understand. That's a big point of it. Uh, I'm not saying that it hasn't happened. I'm just saying that I haven't found a case of it. Um, it's always some sort of gas or charcoal that's usually the culprit inside a tight area. Snow caves, um, tents, people cooking in tents with canister gas, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of documented cases of it. But it's a touchy subject. And yeah, it certainly is. It is. Because it's a small device. It doesn't yeah. weigh much. And it's certainly worth a peace of mind. Yeah. yeah and like absolutely. The the $10 or whatever that you spend on Amazon to get a yeah. little battery powered one. If it, if it makes you feel better, absolutely. By all means like go for how, it. Um, so I'll ask each one of you this separately, like how long or how many times did you, so Justin, like how many times did you hot tent with a carbon monoxide detector before you like, before you ditched it? I don't have a number, but my first year, okay, my yeah. first, my first season of hot tenting, I carried a carbon monoxide detector religiously. And I'd set it in different locations and experimented with it. And not once ever did it say that I was in a dangerous situation. That being said, it's something that we're probably going to talk about later. But I always have a sleep system that's rated for the conditions outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not use a hot tent as my safety net. You know, <laughs> Survival I sleep, mode. <laughs> I, I sleep with a lot of ventilation. My tents are always open. Um, I know we each have our own way. Everybody does it different, but I don't seal the base of my tent and I always leave the vents on the top. It's open and I'm sleeping with a lot of ventilation going and that helps combat yeah, anything sure. that would potentially happen. For sure. um, and I do that all for peace of mind. I've said plenty of times, I've never seen a wood stove case, but I don't want to be the first. Right. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. certainly not going to button my tent up and test that theory out by any means. Um, Devin, Devin how about you? yeah, how long did you go with a detector? Uh, it wasn't a, as as long, just because I don't get out in the winter as much as Justin does. I know that like, I don't sell yourself short, yeah. Devin. You're still going out there. <laughs> but it, it was probably like seven or eight times that I went, and then honestly, I think the batteries just died, or uh, it kept going off in the garage. <laughs> from, oh, from the cars. From your cars. <laughs> That's funny. So my wife like opened it up and pulled the batteries out, and I just got lazy and stopped taking it with me. But I'm in. I'm honestly the same way. Uh, I uh, even even if I have one of the tents, because I have several different tents that all have the like the snow skirts and whatnot. Yeah. So. If, if it has the snow skirts, then that helps trap a lot of the heat. But I always make sure that there's airflow from the ground that can move through the tent out the, the vent through the door. At the, yeah. at the top of the door. Do you, um, this is a good question for you, Devin. What do the manufacturers say to do? Like, do they say carry one 100%? Well, if you look like specifically on the Lux tents, I don't, I don't own any other brand, but like on the stove jack cover of the Lux tents, there is like a printed label 
that's like skull and crossbones like okay about about carbon monoxide yeah they they actually recommend that you don't use anything that burns pretty much anything inside of a tent oh really they're, right they're fairly yeah. cover they're covering their bases okay yeah. don't do okay this okay CYA. CYA is kind so, of yeah okay absolutely. okay that's absolutely. interesting it is interesting it's um so do, do, do you guys know why carbon monoxide kills you? It's kind of an interesting little physiological tidbit. If either you, you guys probably know. Do you know? Does it, does, does it prevent your blood from absorbing oxygen? Uh, yeah. So um, the reason carbon monoxide is so dangerous is it uh, has a very, very high affinity for hemoglobin, like a thousand times higher than oxygen. And the, the problem is um, like carbon dioxide, for example, if you're in a situation where you're being poisoned from carbon dioxide you're going to know um but what happens if when when carbon monoxide binds in your blood your none of your physiological systems detect that and so that's why you just die in your sleep oh yeah if that's why it's scary yeah um so it just out competes the oxygen and your body doesn't really know it uh yeah and it's, it's not like any other gas being poisoned from yeah. so that's why it's so like uh i don't know the right word it's so like nefarious i don't know it's it's, it's kind of scary, uh, but talking to you guys makes me feel better about it. Although I feel like now I'm just not going to take my carbon monoxide detector after this conversation. Uh, well, I'm, I talked to Justin about this on, on Facebook uh, a while ago, and I remember you sent me, there were some t st statistics from some, I think it was Georgia. You know, it's it was from the CDC. It was from the wow. CDC, yeah. yeah. And, and it was, cre I mean, it was scary. It was like... Uh, these people were out car camping and an entire family died in a tent, Yeah, you know? And, um, and yeah, none of it was, it was all propane. It was, none of it was wood stoves. But then I remember I was, I was telling you, I was like, yeah, my dad thought, uh, throwing some charcoal briquettes in there was a good idea. And you're like, no, 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 that's not a good idea. So I didn't think about how like the different substrates will give off carbon monoxide differently. And, like, yeah, we, I mean, we brought it twice and the detector never, you know, the other, the other scary thing about carbon monoxide, and this is, this is the same, like in your homes and stuff is it's heavy, right? It's dense. So it settles on the floor, like right where your head is while you're sleeping. Um, that's why they tell you to put the carbon monoxide detector on like the lowest point. So I don't know, but I feel like we were, we were super anal about maintaining ventilation. I mean, the Lux tents are nice cause they have those pop out uh, vents at the top and we don't have snow skirts. I mean, granted, we did kind of seal it. In yeah, we bit. made our own. <laughs> but I don't know. I just it's something that like the second you, you start researching this stuff, it's like oh, red flag. I got to worry about this now. Yeah. But I was just curious if people who do this a lot. I mean, it sounds like you guys take it seriously like you should. But we have to, yeah. especially when you're talking to people about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like on the other end of a camera. Like that I have yeah. no idea who you are. Well, <laughs> I also think you uh, you brought up really you, you know, through this conversation so far, you've brought up the point that like i'm really not staying up and keeping this thing going on well night. that's and that was justin's point is like at the end of the day i'm gonna let this thing burn out anyway at night i mean mostly burn out so like is it really that big of a deal yeah and then that kind of segued into a question which this was a uh this was a learning experience to me so when we when i went for the one night that i've done i was talking to kevin and i was like and it was what, what did it get down? Like 15 degrees? No, it was, it was colder. Single okay. digits. Okay. It was cold. Yeah. Before, us. when we were planning on going down, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'll just take my 20 degrees because it's basically going to be oh, like, Oh, this is a good point. I, yeah. I was going to take my 20 degree bag because 
basically going to be like Florida in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin's like, yeah, just take the zero. No, I'm like, you want to be equipped for the conditions. So I took the zero and I'm like, holy crap, I'm glad I took the zero because even with that thing ripped. Well, that, that is a miss. And I want to talk to both of you guys about yeah. this. That's a misnomer with these hot tents. Like people, I mean, when you watch people lose, you're like, oh, it's going to be 60 degrees all night. And that's just not, I mean, if you, I guess if you stayed up and fed the thing super hard, all night maybe it would be but um we just be we were just hey let's just pack as if it's not going to be hot in there and then you'll just be cozy yeah. i'm assuming that's what you guys both do i don't know who i don't to feel think that. i quite understand what you like like we're not like if we're going out and it's 10 degrees we're bringing 10 degree setups even though we have a hot tent for sure absolutely you know 100 yeah. you're still you're still going to bring the same setup that yeah you would do if you were not using a wood stove. But I think it's important as well to, to remember that like the wood stove is a tool mm-hmm. and like you're going to use it to cook with. You're using it in, in a hunting scenario to like keep your clothes dry and like dry things out. And obviously the added heat makes it more comfortable, but unless you are carrying some kind of, fan as an additional device in your pack that you attach to your center pole somehow or is able to push the hot air down it's it's not that much warmer on ground level on top of your sleeping pad yeah (laughs) yeah obviously when you're like sitting up in the tent you're cooking and everything you're like at that level above the stove where the heat from the stove and the stove pipe are pushing a lot of that. So you feel that and you're comfortable and taking your down layers off and everything. But dude, once you lay down, you're so low, like at the level of the stove yep. where the heat that you've got to have something yep. to push that air down for it to be effective enough for you to really take advantage of how like warm you could sleep with a, a lighter and warmer system for That's sleeping. Cool. I think it's also really important right now to point out to the viewers that we are, the four of us, very specifically talking about like lightweight backpack systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Because there's yes. people that have heavy-duty canvas Fair. tents and yes. badass steel stoves yeah. and they get those things cranking for days on end. And it's just a completely different scenario, honestly, yeah. 100%. So, yeah, like a I really just want to let the viewers know that. A popular stainless steel stove that... Uh, gets used in a lot of canvas tents and just like bigger outfitter type of things. It's called the G stove. Yeah, those things are sick. Yeah, they're super cool, but you would never carry that. Are they that? Are they that much warmer? Oh, that looks awesome. Yeah, so like everybody that's watching, it's the stove that's over Justin's right shoulder. Uh, Sorry, that's not the G stove, but like the lightweight. That's, That's the seek outside. Yeah, super like compact tiny like, little things yeah. that break down yeah as to where the g stove is like what 20 pounds are, are is, is the fact heavy. that it's stainless steel like so i'm assuming it it, it stainless steel it retains retains better. heat more i mean is that what's was that why i mean titanium yeah. cools down like instantly yeah it yeah, doesn't no, heat. like it's no different than your cook pot like is titanium tokes right. cook pot versus they're, they're also like tighter you know, these titanium stoves are folding breakdown stoves. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The seams aren't sealed. There's That's all true. kinds of air getting sucked in. That's true. So they're not very efficient. So the G stoves and like the winter wells and all these stoves that are awesome in stainless steel, they're 
way more efficient way more efficient but they're heavy i didn't think about how much better they'd be from a heat retention perspective so much it's so it's totally different than what you would be used to with your little lux yeah yeah. you know it's a different game completely um so devin brought up two questions i want to talk about so first because both of you guys i think at least routinely camp and hot tent camp in bear country is that a fair statement Okay, I For was me, not black bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Correct, correct, bears. correct, correct, yes. correct. I was first off. I was so one thing that was really surprising to me about hot tents. I was very happy and very impressed with using the stove as a cooking, as surface. a thing, to, cooking surface. Like it it's worked awesome. really well. Yeah, um, yeah. But like we were crushing pulled pork in our tent, yeah. like spilling it on our sleeping bags. <laughs> <laughs> And like, we were not in bear country. And, um, I, I mean, we, Andy and I were talking about this, like, what do you guys do? Do you guys just roll the dice? Do you just boil water in there? Or like, do you even care? I mean, or are we during too much of it? deep winter when bears are hibernating, they're not necessarily hibernating, but I mean, correct. In the winter, it's a little bit safer, but like, does, do you guys factor that in? Do you consider it? Like what's, what's the deal? Um, all right, Devin, you, you go first. So at least in my location, bears are very scarce. Okay. And I've, I have personally never seen a, a bear in any of my trips ever. So, I mean, they exist, like they're in the areas that I go, but I've never come across bear scat on the trail. Oh, wow. I've never, yeah. Like, in fact, I, this probably isn't the best practice, but I stopped hanging my food. In. Nice, dirty well, secret. Well, First off, I want to I want to mention people in the comments. Yeah. Not all bears hibernate in the winter. That is a actually a misnomer. A lot, <laughs> no, a lot do, but I, especially in warmer climates like Tennessee in the winter, like they don't necessarily hibernate. So even, go- even Google out it here. Yeah, they're, they're known to wake up. Yeah, Google and it. Go out if it gets unseasonably warm yeah. or anything of the sort. They will snap out of it come around i was just like i mean like i I mean we don't i mean i, I guess we were i mean we're probably going to take the hot tent to a brown bear area <laughs> yeah you know and like we it wasn't just like that's a different game yeah it wasn't yeah. like we were just boiling water like no we were barbecuing yeah i think i think i had probably had like pieces of doritos on all over my sleeping <laughs> I mean, bag i was like there's gonna be mice in here all night <laughs> Um, so I was just curious, like if I, I guess what you do in a serious bear, so, I mean, you would just boil water in there and then take it out and eat it, I guess. I don't know. If I, Ju- I don't know. Yeah. Justin, are you doing anything? Um, no, I'm cooking steaks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I've watched your videos. Yeah. You're inspiring <laughs> us. Yeah. But it's, it's real. I mean, I'm with Devin. I've never ever encountered any sort of negative bear activity on any of my trips and i'm not saying it doesn't happen like he said because it does happen but typically when i go camping i'm not hanging out at campgrounds that's a big that's true thing like i'm way out in the woods and bears are hip to the trick they know where the high flow activity is going on and where the easiest food sources are and that's where everything gets plagued all the campgrounds and the high density areas um, I've never even had a problem in the summertime. Um, I have done the practice of hanging my food for years, and I'll also admit, and I probably shouldn't, that I'm 
slacking on that these yeah. last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I've, just like Devin said, and I've, I've not hung my food quite a few times. I've never had an issue with it. Um, not the best practice, but. I like the dirty secrets that are coming out here. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you guys carry axes. You could, you know. Yeah, well, that's what I told Andy. Yeah. I go, at least I've got an axe with the hot tent, and I feel like I've got some sort of defense mechanism. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't actually be worried about about it. It's just like, dude, I mean, we had pulled pork. We had, I mean, we it's had. It's wintertime. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> so good. the uh, you're not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and all it takes is one, one, like a brown, a black bear to stick its head in the tent. And you're like, uh oh. <laughs> um, so okay, the next thing I wanted to talk about, and De- uh, Devin, you kind of brought this up, is so when when I was in the hot tent, you know, first off, you guys, uh, something I never realized was like on the ground floor, like we talked about, it's not that much warmer, like when you're on the floor. So when when I was in it the first time, I was like, man, like, does anyone make some sort of small fan or convection current like if you could circulate the air in that hot tent it would a you'd get better airflow in general to deal with the carbon dioxide issue uh, but you it'd be warmer throughout because like you guys know like it's ridiculous at the top of the tent i mean it's absurd it's like 70 degrees like way up at the top yeah Yeah. like super hot and like have you guys ever thought about or is there some sort of product that exists and do you think it's worthwhile for like some sort of circulating setup? I don't know who wants to answer that first. The product exists. It's oh, it does? A lot more, it's, it's more weight. Yeah, yeah, they have little convection fans. You put them on top of your stove. Like on, oh, okay. I didn't know that. The fan going and, oh. But it's, it's, it's another thing to carry. It's, they're not exactly light. They probably make lightweight, lightweight, whatever that would be. But it's just another thing. Hot tanks are heavy enough. If I was going to let my stove run all night, then maybe I would consider it. But again, yeah, like it all comes down point. to the sleep system. Yeah. Hot tempting is one of those situations where I actually am probable to carry a chair so oh. that I'm not just sitting on the ground. I'm kind of yeah, by the yeah. stove up a little bit. Yeah. And hanging out. But by the time it's time to go to bed and everything's settled in, like, I don't even care. I'm just flopping in the system and passing out. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter so much to me, I guess. Devin, what do you think about a possible fan convection system? I think if you're in a large enough tent that you would need to move the air, then I, it, it would make sense. Or if it is crazy, crazy cold out, like yeah. negative degree temperatures, then being able to to move that that air and push it down so yeah. you are keeping it, the temperature uh, higher, then I think that carrying it totally makes sense. But for the little like three person, even the Octopeak that uh, you guys are using, and or the Megahorn, which I know that Justin has that, which is a four person, like all of that just super jacked. It, they're not like quite big enough for you to really need to, to move the air. And that's my opinion. I know there's somebody in the chat Poucher is talking about, he's got a, a fan, but yeah, I, I would say like, oh, if you're okay. a car camper or something, and I'm not saying Jacob's a car camper by any means, if you're a car camper, <laughs> a lot of people that hot tent are car campers. They're yeah. real close to their totally. vehicles and safety. Yeah. Like take it. It totally makes sense. It absolutely does in that situation. Okay. So, so it's just, it's, it's a weight. It's it, okay. But it does from a, 
conceptual standpoint, I'm not crazy to think it does make sense. Yeah. No, I've seen other people. I've seen other people do it. Also, we got a shout out. We, for the first time ever, enabled super chats for this. So walk tall. So walk tall. Shout out. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't know what super chats were. Kyle hates hiking. Our resident millennial YouTuber told me about it. (laughs) Dude, did you see his newest video? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's gold. It's I awesome. watched that it guy's so funny. He's uh, so funny. I just saw he uh, we were he he invited us on his podcast and we did it yesterday and he was telling me about Super Chat and all his millennial things. I was like, Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so shout we turn him on. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> Um, um hold on. There's a actually uh All Things Outdoors, A Todd asked a pretty hey. good question. Yeah. He has a good question that I, this kind of, I didn't expect this either, but from the heating and cooling, is there ever condensation issues inside the tent? The answer is yes. So, definitely. Yes. Yeah. I, I, would you like to answer yeah. this, Dev? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just, yeah. I mean, every time that I've gone out, it's a single wall tent. Yeah. Exactly. It's so, going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's and especially happen. with the with the change in temperature between well, inside and out as the stove burns out and that cold air moves in like there's so much change that happens so quickly and that yeah i've never not had condensation now as long as your stove is running you're not going to have it yeah or or maybe you will on the lower parts yeah you can actually see Mm -hmm. where that fluctuation in temperature is taking place because on the lower portion of the tent you'll have condensation and once the heat starts working it's, it's not there but as soon as that stove goes out, it all moves in fast. You're going to wake up to the frosty, for sure. It happens. Yeah. Like Devin said, it's a single wall tent. It's the nature of the beast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had, that kind of blew my mind, too. And it, and it was exactly what you said, like the low, well. The bottom, like, two feet yeah. of the tent yeah. wall, just, like, covered in frost. Yeah. Uh, last yep. time we went out. Um, Roughly about the height of your, the top of your Yeah, throat. that's a good point, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true. It's yeah. so true. I didn't think about that. But at least, at least, um, like, first off, the Octopeak, Justin, it's you just, awesome. I know you just got yeah. one. Um, yeah. I think for two people, I think it's a, it's a good, it's, per, it's perfect. With I think stove. with the stove and two people, I think it's good. Um, it's, I think it's probably the perfect yep. size. You could do three people, but it's going to get, cramped. it's going to be tight. Yeah. Super tight. It's going to be tight. Um, yeah. yeah. And you guys, you guys went with a good option of not having the snow skirts, especially in oh, Ohio. Cause you get where, the two doors. Yeah. You get the two so doors. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Justin's got the snow skirts. <laughs> Cause it was the only <laughs> yeah. option. And mine has, mine has the snow skirts as well, but like with the two doors, you get the two vents. So you're, Oh, I didn't, much Oh, I didn't think about that. Vents. In opportunity for so there's only one vent on the snow skirt version. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm had... so jealous. I was in such a yank because they've been such high demand, and I saw that this suit. I just like five, six times a day, I'd go check and see if it was back in stock. <laughs> as, as soon as it was, I went and bought one, and it's the only option they had. So I was like, I don't even care. I'm buying it. <laughs> so That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, so now I have buyer's remorse. You want to trade? No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I bought the, uh, Devin, I bought this, the one person bathtub floor and they, it's still not like it's on back order. I bought it like two months ago. Cause I've been oh, using the Tyvek. So I know so it looks good. really That's good. Yeah, yeah. It looks really good. Um, Justin, there's a, cool. there's a few, there's some comments building up about, about your lean to in here. Bryce oh, asks, how many YouTubers <laughs> does Justin's lean to fit? <laughs> 
That was pretty cool. Let's let's get it going. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had my first YouTuber hangout there on Wednesday. My my buddy Craig Dweller, I go on canoe trip. Oh, I've yeah. seen that canoe video. Yeah. yeah. He he came up on Wednesday. We hang, we hung out at Lean Two. Did a did an overnight. Nice. Was cool. First one. So that's very cool. That's very yeah. cool. YouTube meetup in New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I know. New Hampshire's the hottest place to to winter backpack now, at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, I kind of have, a, have another random question. Well, I guess, do you have, you probably have real questions. No, I, I uh, actually, we've been able to incorporate like a lot of these questions into it. So I appreciate you guys hitting on a lot of this stuff. Um, we, we just released a video on like, uh, we called it hacks, but then everybody in the chat's like, those aren't hacks. Those are just tips. So yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, we've got some interesting comments on that Isn't video. Isn't that kind of the same thing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, are there any types of That's like pe- people crave this stuff, by the way, like, are there any type of like tips or hacks that you guys can think of that maybe a little, uh, hot tent specific? Like that, what are your that, good hot tent tips? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll go. All right, we'll go. Who looks like they don't want to answer right now? I, I don't. I don't really think I have any hacks. Yeah. <laughs> There's no great history to it. You know, it's, you're like, no. You're your you, hack no, you're, is how to make your own. Well, also your um your protocol for processing wood and running the fuel, running the stove in between tent setup, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's a good. That's a good tip. You know, like that's something yep. you you said that. And I was like, oh, that does make sense. Like, let's go, let's get there, let's get the tent, let's get the stove going, and then do the sleep system. You know, like that, we didn't do that the last time, and like that makes sense, you know? I I would say invest in a, it's not really a hack, but as a tip, like invest in a good saw. Yeah. Something that's going to work, because you don't want to be cutting seasoned standing oak (laughs) with, with with a bad saw. Yeah, that's a good tip. No fun. And dare I say... Dara, and I'm gonna piss everybody off, but I think a saw might I know be a, what you're say. a saw might be a little bit better than an axe if I had to choose. Wait, one. I, I know, I know. I actually <laughs> don't. I, I so I I've only taken the axe twice, and it, you know you know an axe we have, and I would both times have been very impressed with the use with what an axe can do. Sure, I don't know. Sure, I, I've never used one before, and I I he found the saw to be more more useful. Uh, sure. I, I found Absolutely. the axe to be more useful. It just depends on what wood you're dealing with. I mean, honestly, right? I mean, that that's what. I yeah, don't... And, it, and it and it depends on the size of the wood too. Yeah. That's a so, big. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to use the axe to really quickly break up the little tiny like. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Wrist size yeah. pieces that it doesn't like just whacking that against yeah. the larger log is a lot easier, but. In, in the sense of the saw, that has probably been the biggest learning curve of what makes the most sense. Um, like the saw that I've been using primarily because it's so light is uh, Alex's yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Makes me giggle. Nothing yeah. against that saw, but in needing to process a lot of wood, that mm-hmm. saw is terrible. Yeah. Like, it's a sawzall blade, dude, on a, on a, yeah, on a, so on a light handle. Like, so, I mean, that, I guess that's my tip is the, uh, the Sven saws or like the, the buck saws that like what Justin has hanging on his, his wall or the saw that I just picked up is the Agua, Agua yeah. Canyon yeah. out yeah. of Canada. Like dude, those I'd, are 
those are badass. I built that on a quest to make a lightweight buck saw. Um, I actually used it this week for the first time in field testing it. And that's a 21-inch buck saw with a dry wood blade. It weighs 13.3 ounces. Wow. Jeez. That's rad. Yep. And it rips. It wow. works. Yeah. Um, I've been pushing the weight. I just made it out of pine. And a bunch of people told me it couldn't be done. And it works. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> that's so pretty I'm, sick. I'm pretty impressed with it. It's like, I think the Agua is 18 ounces. I was asking one of my buddies about it because I wanted to make it lighter than his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just depends what size you get because they they have three three sizes now. Yeah, I think their twenty one inch is yeah. like eighteen mm-hmm. ounces. Yeah, but a saw like that is going to save you so much time, like or an agua like he has. I mean, it's just going to save you so much time. Yeah, even over like a folding silky, yeah. you're just going <laughs> to cut wood so much faster with one of these these buck saws or an agua like what Devin has those things are no joke you can i mean you, you can rip through big chunks of seasoned wood with those things i'm looking at it he's got it right I, now I'm Devin, it. i remember you sh- you sent me a picture of this didn't i you? Yeah. i have something i, I did yeah. yeah you did i have something and if you're really going lightweight you know you get one of those saws and find wood that's only four inches in diameter or so and leave the axe at home. I mean, you can baton stuff like that all yeah. day long yeah. with a good knife yeah. and save two pounds. Yeah. I mean, if that's really that's what matters to you. I got these sweet axes now, though. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many sweet axes. Oh, man. I've fought it so hard and so long. I, I have no regrets for yeah. buying that. No, I was, uh, I'd, I'd never used an axe before, and uh, I've taken it on twice now. And I did, I kind of do what Devin was talking about. Which I thought it'd be like using an axe to split all this big wood. That's no, what I was doing. That's what he, but I was finding like, you know, little ones yeah. just like, do like, you know, just, and you could just like cut them super fast like that. Um, so it worked well because when him and I go out, you know, we, we just, one of us takes an axe and one of us takes a saw and it, it does work out well. And it was just the whole time I've been out here with him, I was like, man, if you, when you have two people, um, what a difference. It, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, obviously carrying the weight, but it makes an even bigger difference in just processing wood and giving, I mean, we had, we probably got to camp by three mm-hmm. and after an hour we had more than enough wood and everything was, was set to go. And I was just like, I don't know, doing this, you guys do this by yourselves a lot. And that's like a full-time yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. The thing, the thing that I like about the ax is it adds a little bit more utility Especially with frozen ground, because you've got a built-in hammer for your steak. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Which is nice. Yeah. But even if you're like on ice or anything, you can break up that ice or just like really crunchy snow to build a dead man anchor. Yeah. Like so, yeah. it's not like the axe is not only used right. for. That's true. The- Absolutely. And I I did mention the lightweight and using the knife to baton, and I, honestly, it's just pretty much never my practice i mean i always have a hatchet or an axe yeah. or on almost every single one of my chips because like Devin said it's not just for chopping wood I mean, a creative mind can do a lot of stuff with an axe or a hatchet this is an sure. eye opening yeah we could do some trapping i know yeah. just this whole podcast was exactly what i was like just i just want to talk to these guys like i've chopped through ice to get to water so I don't have to melt snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I mean, I'm not gonna want to do that. Awesome. With that's what Barry. That's but. what Barry wanted the axe for. That is what Barry. Yeah, when we we had a guy from the show alone on a month ago, and that's yeah. That's awesome. That was no and literally shout out to Fiskers because those things are awesome. They're cheap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody recommends those yeah. actually for like They're a cheap. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, like a awesome. cheap. And they sharpen easy too, which is nice. Very easy. 
Yeah, it's very a, easy a to point. maintain. They're made in yeah. Sweden or something like yeah. that. Um, all right, what we got? We got anything else? We this is this hour has gone so fast. I know. Yeah, you guys got to make these more than an hour. I know, I know. right? <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes we do. They, they're always more than an hour. Yeah. Um, we just try. We try and be respectful of people's time. You know. Yeah, and um, man, we need we need to get out more in the hot tent before this weather. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, no, we're going so like we're going out to visit our sister uh, in a couple weeks, and yeah, we, I guess we don't really talk about this on the stream. But we're going to an area where they don't allow stoves, like, period, almost, right? Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to take the hot tent, but I think that obviously is a stove, so. It's going to be classic winter backpacking. Yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be a good, a good, it'll be like. Which is awesome. It'll yeah, be pretty, yeah, though. It'll be yeah. super pretty. Um, but no, I, I think this, there was a lot of really good information that you guys divulged. Yeah. Um, and I. I certainly learned some stuff. So, and, and it's nice talking to experts on the subjects. It is. It is. Uh, I'm not an expert. I know he keeps yeah, saying yeah, that, yeah. but everything you said over the last hour is contrary to that. <laughs> I just make um, a really good model. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair too. Um, all right, you got anything else for him? No, no. I appreciate everybody uh, showing up in the chat. Um, How about questions? Anybody asking questions? There, there the were. We're trying to. Um, yeah. Uh, Boreal Sven Bo Buck versus Silky from Kevin du- Dufresne. Oh yeah, Kevin, what's up? Um, that was a question. So, Bore- uh, man, personal uh, preference. Like, yeah. Honestly, I think it was everything but Silky is what you guys recommended. Yeah, <laughs> what, that oh, was the compar- no, Silkies, Silkies are awesome. Yeah, no, but those I mean, rip. Yeah. The but, problem with those with those saws that are not the Buck style is the end is not captured so That's everybody breaks the end off of the, yeah. the gobble a lot of them snap the, the pocket boys like they just break yep you don't get that. as much cutting area and length unless you i mean you can but they're bigger and heavier yeah. and way more expensive you know uh devin this might be a good question for you from steven overfield suggestions on a solo hot tent i would just go with the lux Hex Peak XL. Lux Mini Peak XL. Oh, I was going to ask Justin. So that's actually a good point to bring up because you're introducing two different uh, fabrics with those options. Polyester on the Mini Peak XL and Sil Nylon on the Hex Peak. So with with the Mini Peak, you're getting a like true pyramid versus a like uh hexagon with a with a tp on the hex peak but the hex peak's going to pack up a little bit uh tighter and be a little lighter so if you're not in a super rainy stormy environment then the hex peak is the way to go because it's going to be lighter agreed but the the mini peak with the polyester fabric if you're in a very wet environment heavy snow you're not going to get that stretch, and it's a way, way better option. That's exactly why I bought the Mini Peak. Yeah. Four, four stakes for setting up and no sill sag in the mountains and stuff. Interesting. In the winter. Yeah, yeah. and that's the difference that. between New Hampshire and the high desert of Utah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly, I think there's only like, what the, the Hex Peak is, what, like 2.1 pounds, and the Mini Peak XL is 2.9 so, oh, so that's like not a huge. Seven pound difference, which is substantial to some, but to me, like 
it's still less than a three pound hot tent that has a ton of room that's rugged um, it's a pretty good combination you, both of those tents are awesome do you guys use trekking poles just to for as the main center pole or do you guys use the uh like the like the lux pole i use the pole both of you guys the use the pole, pole. right mm-hmm. yeah. okay yeah. i have the pole yeah. but i was like you can shave a pound if you can I don't know if you guys have experimented. You can, with... but have fun in a snow load. Yeah, right. I know. Pounds, you know, with yeah. that little connection. Yeah. Um, if you want to really save weight, take the connection, pitch your tent, and then you have exactly the length you need and go out and find a wooden pole. That's it's true. Out there. That's true. That's true. You know, but the convenience of having the pole, like Devin and I both apparently do, is pretty nice. Yeah. It's just, it's there. Yeah, because, like, the, I mean, if you look at other, other pyramids out there, like the... Uh, the hyperlite old yeah, ultimate yeah. or whatever. I can't remember the name of it right now. Dan, but... Be- Dan Becker had that in the Smokies with us and he, <laughs> it, and it did <laughs> not work out. Well, they... that's like a $700 tent too. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. Yes. I mean, it's Dyneema. It's crazy, yeah. crazy yeah. light, but that, that has the purpose of being pitched with trekking poles. Yeah. And if you, like Justin said, under a snow load, trekking poles are not going to be strong enough. And, the height of the the tent for most of these are over what a trekking pole is going to extend to. Yep. So when you add that height of the trekking pole where it's at its weakest because you're at the, the ends of those extensions and I've, I've been in a snow load and that pole is like literally curved. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't even think it would handle wind that well. Wow. Like real good wind. I'm sure people you know, like, do yeah, it, but yeah. I'd, I'd be skeptical. That's good to know because I've only ever used the pole. Yeah, this is, that was really good information. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, like, those, like Devin was saying, those mini peak XL and the hex peak XL, those are five foot two. And you're not going to use one pole. They need yeah. two. Right. And Lux makes those connections. Yeah. But know, the mini peak, which is a two person, and the hex peak, which is a two person, both of those do pitch with a trekking pole. With a trekking pole, oh, okay. four feet, four Just inches, one. something okay. like that. Yeah, but you're not going to yeah. put a stove in those because you don't have no. enough enough no. clearance between the the outside wall and where the stove is. I guess it can be done. One of my buddies, the backcountry paddler, he got a hex peak with a hot tent set up with the stove, and I suggested that he get something bigger because it was going to be really tight. <laughs> it worked I, out. He went ahead and got it anyway, and he said it's really tight, but it's doable. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a lot tighter than I'd want to deal with because I know how tight those those walls close in fast. Man. Yeah. Even in a six foot tent, you don't get much headroom. No, 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 no. you don't. Um, oh, someone uh, asked uh, Justin how many. Uh, D Alley says, "How many hours did it take you to make your uh, tarp hot tent?" I did it here and there when i had the time yeah um but four or five hours you could do it in an afternoon in a day oh you know if you if you had the time and you had all the materials and you watch the process and you know what you're gonna do you could do that in a day easy easy and those are awesome tents mm-hmm. they're just heavy this is a good question this is a good question you- and something i have wondered before because i've seen people do it poucher asks do you guys ever get worried about the stovepipe blowing in the wind? Um, yeah, 
I, I do. And I, I made a, do you, do you guide out only when it's nasty. Okay. I made a, I made a spike arrestor out of hardware cloth that I could put fishing leader lines, steel leader lines. Oh, to, So okay. I could, so I could guy it out, but I only do that when it's really, really windy. Yep. For sure. Usually I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's fine. Like the tension of the tent, mm -hmm. the stove placement right. and all that stuff. And it's fine. But in heavy winds, for sure, I would want to guy it down and have, yes. Devin? I've never done it, but I've also not been in crazy windstorms in, I mean, I've been in some pretty gnarly snowstorms, but I've, I've considered taking just some like, uh, galvanized or just like s hooks that you would use in your yeah. garage yeah. and doing the same thing just like two of those and guying them out um one of my tents the the stovepipe is not captured very deep inside of the tent and yeah. it's been a been a worry of mine but with the octopeak or the megahorn it's like there's the tent, enough the tent's stove high enough yeah. there. i see okay yeah. It's more of an issue with shorter tents. Okay. That yeah, makes sense. Shorter, absolutely. Okay. That makes sense. I didn't, I saw a guy, a hunting guy do that. Like when I was researching this and I was like, I didn't even think about that. What about a cap for the, the pipe? thing with guying out your stoves? And this is something that a lot of people actually don't talk about. I'm glad this came up is that you can really damage your stoves. Really? You, you want to make sure that you've got some shock cord or something that gives because Metal expands and contracts with fluctuation of heat. Yeah. If you've got that thing tightened down pretty good and then start heating it up and everything expands, there's there's a possibility that you can hurt your stove or stovepipe in some manner. Yeah. I've never done it. I've heard of it happening to people. And I, I think it's definitely worth mentioning. Like Yeah, and if you're putting if you're putting too much force down on top, depending on how the stove is put together. With the, especially the lightweight titanium stoves, those roll-up stovepipes, yeah, you could you could buckle depending on what the what the pipe is. You could buckle that roll, and then you've got smoke coming into yeah. into your tent. Or like with the three W stove that uh, has the spark arrestor and the in the damper plate yeah. on the on top. Well, on, on top of the stove, but there's not a spark arrestor at the top of you're the right. stovepipe. You don't have any real structure. So if you're pushing down on that, it's going to make it really hard to move that damper plate in and out. Oh, oh that makes yeah. sense. Where like a lot of a lot of stoves, I don't know how the seek outside is or the winter wells or there's so many other like titanium stoves that are out, out there now. But a lot of them have that like uh, turnstile. That's what I have. Yeah. 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 But the 3W has a plate that you slide in and out. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so something that actually happened yeah. to us, this is like, something you we should tell really that talk story. about. It. So um, this is a learning experience for us. So uh, we, uh, we got set up. Everything was good. Burn the stove. And what had happened was, I don't know why this happened. If we just set it up wrong, but if the stove pipe was not perpendicular to the ground, right? It was kind of like leaning one way. And yep. what, what that happened, I'd be curious if this has ever happened to either of you. What happened was all that, I forget the term, Cre creosote, whatever, the stuff that builds up on the inside of the stovepipe. Yeah, it, it dripped down yep. and it was collecting on the spark arrestor because I had the dampener almost fully out and it clogged the spark arrestor. 
and we noticed smoke. And we, and we were having trouble keeping the, smoke, the fire. The smoke was coming out of the stove. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, this isn't supposed to happen. And I was like, I wonder what this is. And I pulled the spark arrestor out and it was completely black, black and solid. Yeah. And the stove wow. kicked right back. Has that ever happened to you guys? Yep. Okay. All right. So I don't feel like too much of a dumbass then. I was like. Yeah. But I think that's kind of specific to the stove that you and I have. Yeah. That you wouldn't necessarily have that. It, is that because the stovepipe was not perfectly up no. and up and down? Oh no! Okay, really? no. that no. fixed it though. Well, it did. That, it, it did fix it. Had something to do with the wood you were burning. Oh. Like it was too like um. Your like, wood wasn't seasoned, or you're burning pine or spruce or something of oh, that okay. sort. Okay, so this is, is good to know because very resinous. This is that's kind of a big deal if that happens. Oh, for sure. Like yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that could that could happen. Okay, but what's weird is that we fixed the well. When we yeah, fixed we the, took it out. When so we, well, well, when we 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 just I was like I have to take the spark arrestor out. I mean, smoke is backfilling into the tent, so like yeah. the spark arrestor has to come out, and we're gonna have to roll the dice, or we have to just shut the stove down. Um, so we just rolled the dice, and it was fine. But I I I I, I didn't I thought it was purely because of the angle of the stovepipe, and it was dripping down the side. But yeah. so that so that could just happen. Yeah, you can you can set stovepipes at all sorts of crazy angles, and they'll be functional. Okay, okay, oh, so so you wow. think it, so? It's a wood thing. Okay, it's a wood thing for sure. Oh, that sucks. Sure. <laughs> how it's how only, close it's together only is the mesh on your spark arrestor? Um, um, I should get it. It's, uh, it's decent. It's decent. I mean, I don't know, Devin. Devin, I feel like you know the answer to that. It's I should just. It's I mean, it's, it's kind of like standard chicken chicken. Yeah, yeah, quarter, quarter inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was, yep. I mean, I took that thing out and it was as if you dipped it in tar, literally. Yeah. It was just, I mean, <laughs> yeah. literally. And it actually was kind of cool. All I did was all night was I set it on the stove and it all burned off. Like the soot came off when I heated it up. And by morning, yep. the spark arrestor was fine. But, um, but it was hilarious because when you pulled it out. When, oh, stove, dude, when, when we pulled that thing out, the, sto the stove just blew up with heat. Yep. I mean, in a good way. And I was like, that was the problem. <laughs> um, but well, I, yeah, because you have to remember, too, how the stove, like, physically works. Right. You've got air vents in the front of the door, and then your damper allows for the stovepipe to basically suck air through the firebox and then up and out the stovepipe. Yeah. So when you cut off that ability for the stovepipe to pull that air through the firebox, you're then, starving it effectively, right? Yeah. So once you unclog that, it was like, Oh, I can breathe again. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, it was like the, it went from 30 degrees to 70 degrees inside that hot tent <laughs> in like a minute. Um, yeah. But then awesome. I was like, you well, know, that's another thing that that's, that's a good point. You know, a stove creates suction, obviously. Right. It's all about suction, like Devin said. So it's almost like having a stove, a running functional stove, is almost like having your own personal anti-CO2 buildup. Yeah, because it's like it's pulling. And you're yeah. sucking air constantly. And if you put a wood stove in an area that has no available fresh air, it's going to go out. Like I was a stonemason many, many years ago, and, and we built – Houses would get built so tight in the modern day and age that the fireplace wouldn't work hmm. in a house, oh. inside a house. So if your stove is working, you're sucking outside air. Yeah. You're getting fresh air. There's circulation going on and heat rises. You know, so all that stuff is working for you in terms of CO. And you can, uh, you yeah. can, with at least the stove we have, I mean, you can tell 
you can tell it is sucking air in those that but they sound like trains man yeah once they get going it's nerve-wracking if you don't really know what it is yeah you know i grew up with wood stoves heating in our houses so i'm fairly familiar with them but even when i got my titanium stove inside a tent for the first time and that thing's like yeah and the, and the, and the stove pipes getting red hot yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and he loves it yeah and he's like we're gonna get this thing red yeah, it gets get it so red. hot <laughs> yeah and i see that as like a, a mistake if you want to use that word but things that people that have never hot tented before and then they buy the stove and they're like it's either burning through the wood wicked fast because they've got everything open. And Mm -hmm. so it's just like sucking a ton of air. But once you've got your bed of coals built up, just shut things down and like, let the wood like, like you would at home with a, with wood burning stove, like slow things down and let that, let that burn slowly. The That's, problem with yeah. our stoves is that there's so much fluctuation. Yeah, there's yeah. no heat retention, so it's right. like, like Kevin said earlier, it's a constant up and down. It fluctuates hot, yeah. and all of a sudden, ooh, it's cold. We better get the stove going again. So it's it's almost like. The better coals is what makes the difference. Yeah, and that's something sure. we we struggle with. Yeah, but I mean, it's probably from the the stove rip roaring to just dying down is probably a thirty degree swing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for, yeah. Um, and then once again, these are things, you know, everyone, you know, you see people going hot tenting and uh, we're part of the problem. Cause we're like, it's so cozy in here and it is, but it's, it's like a sine wave in terms of like temperature. If you're not just constantly feeding it. I can't believe that that was a wood issue. It makes sense. No. Though. Uh, when you think about it, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. right, you're right. It's like crap in the smoke. That's like being, being that it was liquid and tar. Like, yeah, said, it was tar that's a wood issue. Yeah. If it was like a dry creosote buildup that would have been a burning a combustion issue yeah no it, it was like make a hotter fire it's like but the liquid is a sure sure tell sign dude it, it was and you could see it dripping down dripping it was right down. it was literally yeah. like i took the arrester and just dipped it in tar <laughs> yeah. and i was like i was like what is this <laughs> and so that happened on your like one of your first burns second oh uh, no third third actual burn in yeah. burn of the stove yeah that's crazy um that happens fast yeah, and uh, so that was the next question is, like, have you guys ever had issues with sparks? Like, when I pulled that thing out, I was like, now, luckily, Devin, I had not trimmed my stovepipe down yet. Yeah. So I was like, at least I've got a longer length of a column for sparks to travel in case they That's come the out. Secret. And, like, is That's that – so, like, do I even need to worry about it? Like, I was because, like, I don't want to put a hole in this tent. It's, like, the third time I've used it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time – like you have to have the fire going. So we just had to roll the dice, but I was like, at least if I've got a long enough stovepipe, I might be, I don't know if you guys have had issues with sparks. Like, mm-hmm. like are even with spark arresters, can you still get sparks coming up through there? And oh, like, totally. you For can. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you, I mean, you probably haven't been outside of your tent as your stove is cranking, but I've seen yeah. my stovepipe like full on burning, like flames coming out of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> but it, the the only reason that you would trim down the height of your of your chimney pipe is so that you don't have more weight and right. So you're not creating a pendulum for wind, yeah, for it to rip out. Um, be not having enough height from the the side of sidewall of the tent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and with, with our lightweight tents too, these fabrics like. 
Sparks are gonna happen. Sparkles yeah. are gonna happen. There's no. Yeah, I've, I've power. got a few They're... holes in my tent. Okay. Yeah, me too. No They're minimal. I've, I've heard a lot of people complain about a lot of sparks, and I don't know if that oh, is maybe really? bringing too much pine or something. Yeah. But I've, I've, my mini peak. I've had that for over a year, and it's got two spark holes in it. Okay. All right. So and that's long just gonna happen. Pipes are what you want, like Devin said. Okay. And I didn't know if it mattered. I don't know why it would, like, because some stoves have spark erector spark spark arresters like at the top at like the chimney and like ours is at the bottom i don't know why that would yeah. matter i don't know if one was more advantageous to the other yeah, i don't know i don't know and then maybe i'll just i'm just gonna stop worrying about it because it's just gonna happen and i guess if you get if you get a little hole it's not a big deal <laughs> yeah but I, I heard another comment too that I just made was i mean you've got some buildup on your stovepipe on the inside of it. Everybody does, right? Normal? Everybody does. Everybody does, okay. right? Yep. I mean, do you guys do anything about that? Or, I mean, burn, burn hot fires. I didn't just get it. It just burn it off. Burn, burn hot fires. Yep. Yeah. I, I've done that, but I've also taken like steel wool. Mm-hmm. Oh, and like and got in there like, very lightly because with, with the tight, with the titanium stovepipe, you could like, <laughs> yeah, you, you'd be like sandpaper, right? Yeah. Really make a mess, but if you mar it up, it's just going to make the problem worse. That's true. More yeah. surface area for it it's, to collect exactly. on. Yeah. That's a good point. So yeah, just should... like knocking off the surface stuff that's already flaking. Yeah, is, is what I mean, chances do. are like if you're burning. One of the last things I do is get my stove ripping red hot, try and oh, clean oh. it out, and I let it cool down. These are good and the tips. process of doing yeah. that. That's a hack. When you, that's a hack. Up, that is a hack. <laughs> it is a hack, but the combination of doing that and then folding it up when you're breaking it down like all that stuff is falling off yeah and coming out and making a mess and your hands smell all funny yeah you, 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 know, you look like you're dirty doing something yeah. man things you, you know. get soot everywhere yeah yeah it's yeah. cool though. i guess since you brought up tips another thing i thought about was a good pair of leather gloves yeah. like leather yeah. gloves yeah. They may not be like the warmest thing for being out on a winter trip, but you're gonna burn yourself. Yeah, 100%, yeah, five thousand percent. Yeah, that was funny. And I use, I do bring a pair of leather gloves specifically for dealing with the stove because you gotta get in you know, there. You don't want to yeah. burn your hundred dollar gloves. Yeah, messing around with a stove. So a good cheap pair. Go to a dollar store, get a cheap pair of leather leather gloves, yeah. so that you can just manipulate that thing when you yeah. need to. That's yeah, no, that's tip. an absolute must. And I had yeah. I had a nice thick Great pair of point, leather gloves. Devin. Yeah, because you can good get like, you, oh, something. You can get in there. I was you know I was moving coals around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's I one a.m. We're crushing a bag of Doritos. Like, why isn't the stove going? <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's a good one. Yeah, and the other nice thing about the leather gloves is when you're processing wood. Yeah, I I like to wear gloves when I'm swinging an axe if I've got my hands around a blade of any kind. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's a good risk, idea. Risk management. Yeah, just it's just bad. just accidents uh, happen. Yeah, fast. yeah, I know. Have you have you guys ever? Um, been in any sort of dicey situations where like i don't i don't know if like something happened with an axe or a saw or like have, has that ever happened with when you're in a hot tent like anything we're like oh shit nope i mean i've burned myself <laughs> I agree. Fair. i'm with yeah I've, I've got some pretty good blisters <laughs> yeah that counts <laughs> but, but all my digits never nothing nothing <laughs> never very close to no um <laughs> But most of it's just been from like middle of the night when I'm like, oh, I'm going to feed the stove and you 
randomly in the dark touch the side of the oh yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm also I, i'm yeah. freaked out about it gets me when i'm cooking yeah yeah I'm, just I'm, I'll grab the pan. <laughs> like, oh. I'm uh i know i know you're gonna say i'm freaked out about sleeping like bag. sleeping bag or sleeping pad getting close to the side of that thing because like we're sleeping pretty okay. close to it i've got a real good hack oh good hack. all right what all is right. it Go out, cut yourself some decently long wooden stakes, and smash them in to the ground. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, at the edge of your in pad. In front of the stove so that you can't roll into it. Oh, yeah. see, that's, that's good. I haven't even thought about that. That's yeah. a awesome. good one. I've yeah. done that several times. Justin, you need time. to make Justin, can we get a can we get a hot ten hacks video? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, recovering it. Here. Yeah, you could just you could just pull this podcast and chop and cut it up. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good idea though. Yeah. Um, cause you do, I mean, I like sleeping a little close to it. I mean, it's you, nice, you know, it's, nice. It's, it's definitely nice. But one thing, yeah, it's like sleeping pads and also like sleeping bags, like, or like my quilt, like if I'm kicking my leg out or something or I don't know, that, I don't know that those fabrics, if you get anywhere close to something super hot are just going to melt. Yeah. So it's that was an expensive mistake. It is yeah. a, especially if you, if you pop a sleeping pad too, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know that that I was the, just uh, made a fleece. Line yeah, you were talking about that. I went, I went on. I, I just made it. I'm going to talk about that in one of my upcoming videos. But and I, I made a fleece liner to go over my Nemo tensor and my pillow. Yeah, that's an awesome those idea. Pillows suck, but I figured yeah. it would be good for sprite protection because I yeah. like to sleep next to fires. Yeah, and uh, increased our value as well. You know, I guess. Yeah. Theory. And I and I saw uh, you released a video. I don't know when it was, but you were doing. Uh, it's like three guys. You had a fire, and then you had like your lean-to. Oh, that was awesome! And then you had a uh, you put a wool blanket on top of your stuff for fire protection. I was like, that's a good idea. Yep. Yeah, but that was when I was in the mountains. We were yeah. camping on Mount Escutney in like sub-zero weather, and I and a lean-to, a, po- a Polish lavu, not the lean-to. I'm sorry, a lavu. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, it's a, I hiked a heavy-ass military wool blanket all the way up that mountain so that I could wrap it over all my sleeping bag and pad so that the sparks wouldn't pop my stuff i'm always terrified of that i know <laughs> yeah i know trust me it's like when you spend almost 200 dollars in a sleep yeah that, you want to do is that's an expensive mistake melt it. Yeah. yeah the good thing about a hot tent at least is you don't generally have to you don't have to worry about sparks inside the tent but i'm more worried no about, i don't worry about it so much in the tent yeah. but outside sleeping next to a fire in cold weather you know i know that I, stuff doesn't play well with spikes. No, yeah. no, none of this lightweight stuff does. Oh, someone says no, in, inexpensive doesn't. welding gloves. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Rocky yeah. top, Rocky wrangler. top wrangler. That is a good idea. Yeah. Um, we got we got several people watching this from the woods. Braxton Bliss is so, in uh, tent right now, winter camping. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Awesome. Another another person and was too. Sal- Salmon, Salmon outdoors. outdoors currently watching this from the tent out, winter camping. Nice. Shout right. out, you guys. Check out hot tents. Yeah, <laughs> you're out there freezing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, although it's not too bad. At least where we live, it's, this is a little bit of a mild, uh, mild stretch right now. Yeah. Um, so that was actually a question I wanted to ask both of you is. Because when, when Andy and I, last time we were out, it was it was like six or seven degrees outside. And I'm like, you know, it would actually be really cool to have a hot tent in like the 30s or 40s. Yeah. Like how warm would it be for you guys to still consider taking a hot tent? I, I That would be pushing it for me. Yeah, like yeah. over freezing um, or you're not I, taking it? I think it? hot tenting is really cool and it's awesome in cold weather, but it's... There's a lot more involved than just like tarp camping. Yeah, for sure. You know, and there's this real sweet spot when it's not too cold and there's no bugs and nothing beats a tarp. Yeah. Like nothing. Mm. 
So at that point, I kind of stopped using the hot temp. Yeah, if I if I can fairly comfortably be sitting around a camp in like my regular layers, then I'm not interested in the hot tent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in the wintertime, if you go out with a bunch of dudes, you know, yeah. it's, like, it's like it's not like you're hanging it's out. True. In the hot yeah. Tent. Yeah. You're all sitting outside it's by true. the fire getting yeah. drinking yeah. beers, talking. And see, all... see, I don't have a problem being like, I'll and just then... be in the hot tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. It's warmer. Watching, fo- watching football games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's what we do, Devin. <laughs> that's what we do. Well, um, I was going to, I want to take my wife and my wife, even in a hot tent. She loves the idea of a hot tent, but she ain't coming if it's five or 10 degrees outside. So uh, I was like, if it's like 30, you know, that way it won't be super cold in the hot tent, even if they're not burning a a stove. But then it's like, if it's 30, right? Like, is it even worth taking? Hey, shout out to shout out to Jason Wish. He just texted me. Oh, what's up, Jason? All right. (laughs) He's out camping, isn't he? Yeah, he's looking for hammock recommendations. Oh, this is a hot tent podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a hammock recommendations podcast next week. <laughs> Move funny. along. Yeah, right. Come on. That's great. No, but the, the hot tents are great for getting like wives. Yeah. The, the intimidated, your kids, your young yeah. kids. Like this is where hot tents really shine and help good point. extend that season to people that might be a little eh. You know. She was still, um, she was like, like there's no, bug, there's no netting. You know, that was kind of a weird thing. Well, like no floor. There's no floor. There's no netting, which I actually kind of, yeah, I, I like, I, I kind of like a, that. A lot of people get hung up on yeah. no floor in the winter. Yeah. You'd um, be surprised. I get crucified in the comment sections. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Each to their own. Hike your own hike, right, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Some people just don't like it apparently I, uh, I, I, I much prefer it for many reasons i, I like, like it, it yeah. i like it it's just I, I i do i don't love bugs so there's there's that but like in, in the winter and the late fall and spring it's really cool to not have to need all that extra like netting and stuff yeah. i don't know it's cool yeah but just, yeah, and you exactly. just gotta make sure given the conditions because i mean you could be hot tenting out without any snow mm-hmm. or you could be on top of like several feet of snow just yeah. depends where you're at. So I'll carry different types of ground sheets to be able yeah. to put my gear on top, like yeah. that bathtub floor that you talked about. Yeah. Just all that, that stuff, because your stove should not be on top of fabric. It needs to be on no. the ground. Um, so Whoops. like, don't lay a tarp out. <laughs> Oops. Whoops! Whoops! <laughs> this needed to be in the tips video that I wanted to watch. <laughs> so, like, yeah, the the likelihood of the inside of the tent becoming a mud bath yeah. is pretty high. Well, that's why we put the stove, and we brought a like ten dollar Walmart tarp because <laughs> we've only gone out in the snow and I'm like, obviously this thing's going to melt all the snow around it. And I didn't want it to be like a mud bath, but we probably shouldn't have done that in hindsight. I don't know. It's a cheap tarp. It's a cheap tarp. And we knew we were going to destroy it. And, uh, I just, and when it's funny when you remove the tarp in the morning, you can, I mean, obviously you guys, you can see where the tent, where the stove was. Like for sure. It it just like melts all the snow around it. Um, so yeah, and they stink in the snow and yeah. like all, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the the thing to like keep in mind is you might not have sparks inside of the of the tent, mm-hmm. but 
every time you open that door. Oh, we burned many holes in the Walmart. Smoke fills out, but then you're also <laughs> yes. like yeah. moving coals and stuff around because the wood's gonna fall into the door. Yeah, as it burns, and I've had plenty of coals like totally fall right out of the out of the stove. So. Yeah, we ripped yep. a bunch of holes in the tarp. Yeah, I, was, we, I was like, I was like, you can't have a you can't have a bathtub floor in, near the stove. I'm like, you're, you, it's you just really gonna, should. Yeah, and underneath I, those stoves get ripping. I figured, like, I know, ripping hot. You can use them like broilers. I mean, they they get hot. Well, shout out to the Walmart tarp. It, it withstood the heat. It didn't withstand the sparks, but that's okay. And it was a good just like. But honestly, like you get so much crap. Like the wood, like as you're processing and you're like moving the wood around, like all the bark falls off the wood and it gets really yeah. messy inside. It's almost Sawdust. nice to not. Yeah, it's almost nice yeah. to just not have anything in there. And I don't like know. De- Devin said something, too, about having different ground sheet setups. Yeah, and I have the Lux bathtub floor as well. That thing's awesome, but I don't use it in the winter because it collects snow. Yeah, it's got those walls and it collects snow. But like in the summertime when it's raining. It's perfect because you're just kind of sitting in it and, you know, just yeah. not getting a bunch of snow in it and stuff. I'm sure people do use it in the winter all the time. It's great. But in the winter, I prefer a flat sheet, just a flat ground sheet that I can actually take and fold over my sleeping bag and stuff to keep the snow off of it. Uh, see, that's well, a good idea. That's too. another hack. Yes. Because you're, <laughs> you, you're in there and you're moving around and there's snow everywhere and you're crawling in and out. And yep. so you're getting snow all over the place. So yeah, wrapping that ground sheet over your sleep system. Yep. That's actually a hack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had like three in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, nice. That's funny. Um, these are good stuff. All right. Yeah, this is fun. I know. The, 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 now I, I, I expect each of you to do, you got ideas now. So we want to give the viewers some some hack videos. So I know. Just do just do tips, hot ten tips. So yeah. they be hacks. I, I want to watch it. I, yeah. I just I feel so conflicted about doing stuff like that because I do not feel like I'm qualified to teach. I like making videos of what I'm doing. Yeah. Like I'll explain what I'm doing, but there's just so many ways to skin a cat, and everybody's got their own opinion. And there's people <laughs> out there that are way more qualified than me. Like. Devin, for example, because <laughs> yeah, he's a professional in the field. I'm just a dude that likes well, to Well, uh, Devin, you know, I so. haven't seen a hot tent tips or hacks video from you, and I asked, specifically asked you to do one, too. <laughs> I'll default to Devin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I had not gotten COVID. <laughs> right, right, <then. laughs> right. Right. Um, all right. We got anything else for these gentlemen? Uh, no, I think. Uh, Almost two hours. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That was very important informational i learned no this is uh this podcast should be required viewing or listening to anyone who's even considering getting a hot tank because you guys spilled a lot of knowledge yeah. and experience right and that was definitely why we wanted to talk to you both yeah uh, and i actually learned a bunch of stuff yeah, i learned <laughs> just throughout <laughs> i learned the last like hour lot. hour and one of the 40 minutes about it like yeah. this whole like outdoors thing is it's just a constant evolution of learning yeah, yeah. absolutely like getting your ass kicked and being like man that was awesome like, yeah i do that different like, yeah that's what makes it awesome yeah um <laughs> i'm I, I am looking forward to both of you guys i know justin i know you're taking the hot 10 out more Devin, are you doing more hot tending yeah i should have have some time i mean the mountains are full of snow until yeah. June. So yeah, yeah, I'll milk true. it for all it's worth. Nice. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I'm looking forward to some more hot tent content from both of you. Um, 
we have likewise. Yeah, yes. I know. Yeah. We're yeah. We oh. will. Yeah, although we, yeah, yeah. I wanted. We're going to California and can't take no stoves. They got a lot of fires. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But in um, the winter, yeah, it's like in the winter, like on. five feet of snow. Come on, yeah. let me use a hot tent, please. Well, we've got that really cool trip coming up. With, I know. Like Jason, I know Juan you guys are that, going out. Yeah. I know. Up in a couple weeks. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, Should have been here. I know. Been there. I know. I know. I know. I know. We'll make it happen. Trust me. I've never For been. Sure. I've never For been sure. to the Whites, and so the invites open. I know. Sure. I want to go. Um, all right. So. Obviously, we have links. Check out both of their channels. Yes, please. They're down in the description. Um, they have great content. They have great content that's not hot tents. You know, we, we talked a lot about hot tents, um, but they have great stuff. Super knowledgeable. We've both learned a lot from yeah, both of you. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, and thank you thank very you. much for taking the time to do this. This was super fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think a lot of people, I, I gotta, I'm selfish and I just wanted to get a lot out of this, but I think a lot of people did too. Yep. And, and uh, shout out to Walk Tall for our, shout very out first, to for our very first super chat. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. All right. All right, everybody. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for watching. All right. Yeah. Yep. See ya. Bye.